Dear friends in Christ, way back when I was in fourth grade, I remember that during those weeks and months of that particular year, it became increasingly hard for me to see what the teacher wrote on the blackboard, the front of the classroom. And I mentioned it to my parents, and they, of course, uh, took me to the eye doctor, and like a lot of kids around fourth and fifth grade, they told me that I needed to wear glasses. And it was amazing what happened. My grades improved because I could actually see the assignments and the things that she wrote up in front on the blackboard. That technology was wonderful. But then you think of all the advancements that have been made since that time, not only in improved type of eyeglasses and, and so on, but also the laser surgeries and the implants and and transplants, and everything else that we hear about with our eyes. It's a wonderful thing, and God has blessed this area of medical technology in a wonderful way. It truly is amazing. But with all that technology and all the advancements that have been made, it is still far less effective than what Jesus did with a little mud and some spit on that day long ago that story that is told in our gospel lesson today. Even the miracle of technology cannot measure up to a miracle of Jesus, allowing a blind man who had been blind from birth to be able to see clearly once again. So this morning, as we look at this story, it's going to become clear that this is also our story. It may be that the Lord is healing us of a different type of blindness. Jesus literally changed the way this man saw the world, and he wants to do that for us today and in all the days to come as well. Well, our story unfolds today as Jesus and his disciples were walking through Jerusalem. And here was this blind beggar, as we hear, had been blind from birth. As Jesus unfolds this whole episode and miracle for us, I think there's at least three important truths or lessons that Jesus has for us as we look at this story today. And I hope that when you go home, you can remember the three points. First is, this story deals with the problem of suffering. Why was this man born blind? Well, in those days, the common understanding was that if some tragedy or some illness came upon your family, it was probably because you did some great sin, that you did some great evil in in God's sight, and he was punishing you. And so we can understand why the disciples asked Jesus, well, who sinned? As we look at this blind beggar, who sinned, this man or his parents? That's why he's blind, isn't it, Jesus? And Jesus responded very quickly with helping his disciples, and we here today understand how God deals with suffering. From the beginning, people have tried to understand the cause of suffering. The great thing about this story is that Jesus clears up that very quickly. You know, Jesus is not in the business of being angry at people and then zapping Uh, people are being angry with them and punishing them in certain ways. That is not why bad things happen to people. God is in the business of blessing people in spite of our sin. 
he continues to bless us even when we don't deserve it. And we hear that talked about in Psalm 103 where the psalmist says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Isn't that good to know? God is not in the business of punishing. He's in the business of blessing. There are things that happen, though, because of our sin. Those are things that come upon our lives. But it isn't God who is coming down and punishing his people. You know, there are many difficulties and many sufferings in this world. And there are some people that really don't believe God cares about them. William Fry, who was a bishop in the Episcopal Church, says that when he was going to school, he got a job as, as a tutor or a helper for a blind student. And his job was to read the assignments and, and read the books to this particular student. And one day he asked this blind student, how did you lose your sight? And the man responded, his name was John, and he responded, a chemical explosion when I was 13. Well, how did that make you feel? William Fry asked. Well, I thought life was over, he said. I felt helpless. I hated God. For the first six months, I did nothing to improve my life. I sat in my room and I ate all my meals there. One day, though, my father came into my bedroom and he said to me, John... Winter's coming, and the storm windows need to be put up. That's your job. I want those hung by the time I get back this evening. And then he turned, and he walked out of the bedroom. Well, I got very angry, and I thought, who does he think I am? I'm blind. I can't do this. I was so angry, I decided to do it. And... I felt my way to the garage, and I found the windows, and I located the necessary tools. I found the ladder, all the while muttering under my breath, I'll show them, I'll fall, and not only will I be blind, but I'll be paralyzed. Well, John continued, a few hours later, I had all the windows in place. I found out later, though, that never at any moment was my father more than four or five feet from me the whole time I was putting up those storm windows. Well, he says in the same way, it reminded me that Jesus' promise to us is not to exempt us from the trials of life, but his promise is that he will never leave us or forsake us. He will be there to watch us, to protect us, to encourage us, to help us through these difficulties we may find ourselves in. So the problem with suffering, well, it's not something that Jesus puts upon our lives. Suffering is a part of this imperfect world, yes. But God is not in the business of giving us those things in response to our sins. But there's a second lesson that he talks about in this text today as we think about this blind beggar. He addresses the reality of spiritual blindness. You know, there are two kinds of blindness, of course, and one of them is exhibited by that man who was blind from birth. And to deal with that, Jesus spit on the ground, took some mud, and put on the man's blind eyes and told him to go and wash in one of those public pools that they had in different places around Jerusalem at the time of Jesus. And when the man did that, 
he was able to see for the first time in his life. Can you imagine the surprise and the bewilderment and the wonder of what he saw? Being able to see colors in the sky and himself. And the list goes on and on. All these things that he he knew about but had never seen before. But there's something else Jesus wanted to do for this man. You see, the eyes on his face were now open, and that was wonderful. But the eyes of this man's soul was still shut tight, but not for long. Jesus found the man, the scripture says, and asked him if he believed in the Son of Man. Well, tell me who he is, responded the former blind beggar. And Jesus said, you're looking at him. And then verse 38 says, and here's the real miracle of the story. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. The eyes of the man's soul, you see, was opened wide by Jesus. And when he saw Jesus, he didn't see just a prophet anymore. He didn't see just a man of God anymore. But he saw the Son of God. He saw Jesus for who he really was. And he bowed down, Scripture says, and worshipped him. A number of years ago in California, there was a fierce wind and dust storm that triggered a massive freeway pileup. At least 14 people died, and dozens more were injured as topsoil blew across the interstate system there at least 50 miles an hour, and it reduced visibility to zero. The problem was no one was able to see, and many of the motorists just blindly drove ahead thinking they were okay, but then they banged into someone who had stopped just in front of them. It was a terrible disaster. And I thought of that. Isn't that kind of the way things were from the beginning of our lives? When we were born, you and I can't see ahead. And unless someone intervenes and warns us, we're going to blindly drive ahead in life right into disaster right into eternal separation from God, unless someone gives us the good news that there is sin in the world, but there is a way to deal with that. Jesus hasn't just said, well, they deserve the punishment because of their sin. No, he's intervened for us. He's not going to let that happen to you and I because of his death on the cross. When Jesus did that, then he came close He came to us, and he opened the eyes of our souls to what was ahead. You know, for many of us, Jesus opened our eyes in baptism when we were at the font here. And in that action and in the years after that, the Lord slowly allowed us to see clearly what he had for us through his forgiveness and death on the cross. For some of you here, Jesus gave sight to your soul later in your life, when you responded to the hearing of the word of God and your eyes were open to his message for you and your life was changed forevermore. The story is told of a 51-year-old man who had been blind. But after a very complicated surgery, he now could see 2020 vision. And this is how he described the change. He said, I never would have dreamed that yellow is so yellow. I don't have the words, but red is my favorite color. I I just can't believe red. 
I can see the shape of the moon, and I, I, I like nothing better than seeing a jet plane flying across the sky, leaving a vapor trail. And, of course, sunrises and sunsets. At night, I look at the stars in the sky and the flashing lights. You could never know how wonderful everything is now that I can see it clearly. And so it is for you and me, not only in a, in a physical sense like that, and I hope that even though probably most of us have never experienced any type of blindness and we're thankful for the sunrises and su- sunsets and so on, Jesus goes deeper and he wants us to see things clearly now from a spiritual point of view. When we can see things spiritually for the first time, how dramatic that can be too. And he responds and he says, the same fellow not only received his sight, but received Christ too. And he says, I never would have known that God is so forgiving. Jesus has opened my eyes. I'm amazed that God would love me enough to send his son to take my sins away. I could never picture that kind of love until now. I can see grace now, and I couldn't see it before. I never knew that God was so wonderful, so good, so loving, so full of grace. Jesus has opened my spiritual eyes. You know, the religious folk of Jesus' day, the Pharisees and spiritual leaders, had spiritual defects. They were spiritually blind, but they didn't know it. And the story today, our gospel tells us that 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 spiritual blindness was worse than physical blindness. Physical blindness can be healed, but spiritual blindness, you see, resists healing. In the story, we may have, uh, we may uh, again hear in a dialogue as we heard a little a little bit ago between this man and the Pharisees. The Pharisees began to question this man. They wanted to know how he received his sight. They wanted to know who healed him and what this man thought about this this Jesus. They tell the man that this man that healed him could not be from God because he broke the religious law and healed someone on the Sabbath. That was their focus. They seemed to miss the point that this man's Jesus' action was a miracle. It was a miracle. But for some reason, that didn't seem to matter to them. They were more concerned about obedience to the man-made laws. The religious leaders were, were those that the prophet Ezekiel, long before this, had prophesied about. When Ezekiel wrote, They have eyes to see, but they do not see, and ears to hear, but they do not hear, for they are a rebellious people. For all their knowledge of scripture, they missed the kingdom. Here was a poor beggar that had received his sight. His eyes were opened, but theirs were still closed. So there is a reality of spiritual blindness. That spiritual blindness can come upon us too at times in our lives. And we need to pray that God would heal us in that way too. That we may not be focused just on the things of this earth as the Pharisees did but on what God wants to do in our lives. But thirdly today, the most important message of this story, and one that maybe isn't so obvious, the third point addressed by Jesus is the fact that this action, this miracle, is a sign 
is a hope of what is to come, of the world to come. You see, the work of God in this man's life pointed, I believe, to something larger, something that God wanted us to focus on for the future. In this man's healing, there is promise of a final healing. It is what God will bring about on the last day when he transforms everything in this world. You know, with all the fallenness of our lives and the suffering of this world, there is a promise that something new is going to happen. The healing of the blind man, the raising of Lazarus, the forgiveness of the adulterer are all signs of what's to come, of a promise that's out there for us. Above all, the resurrection of Jesus is the sign that the end of the story has not been told. The last couple of weeks, we've been waiting patiently for a little business down in Des Moines to finish working on our dining room table. It has been in pretty poor shape, and we found this place that does restoration of uh, wood antiques. And I was just so pleased when I went and picked it up this week and saw what they had done to our table, especially the leaves that you put in the table that were just very bad shape. And he restored those leaves and the entire table to look as if it was brand new. And I thought about that. You know, that's what Jesus does, doesn't he? He comes and and restores us and transforms us into something brand new. Someday there will be no blindness, no no one that will be deaf or, or lame, and so on. He will restore all things to what it was to be in the first place when sin tarnished what God had created. And we will hear with a loud voice those words from the throne as it is said in Revelation 21, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God, and he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain, for the older order of things has passed away. And he who is seated on the throne will say, I am making everything new. I am restoring everything to my original intention. Pastor Don Schultz writes about this, uh, using these words, he says, what happens when blindness meets the light of the world? When sinners meet the Savior, when hunger meets the bread of life, when thirst meets the living water, when lost sheep meet the good shepherd, when the rejected meet the incarnate love, of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what happens, he says. The blind receive their sight, the sinful receive forgiveness, the hungry are filled and satisfied, the lame walk, the sick are cured, people are made whole, prisoners are set free, those who once mourned are filled with joy, the dead are raised, and eternal life is inherited. Wow, what a list. This is the promise of the risen, eternal Christ, Then the king will say, as it says in Matthew, then the king will say to those at his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Well, in this present world, there is going to be suffering. There is going to be pain, hunger and thirst and sickness. The question is, for you and for me today, 
Will we trust God until he returns when he makes all things new and restores everything to its original intention as we go through the difficulties and disappointments of our days? And some of you are experiencing some difficulties and some disappointments these days. Or will we allow God to open our eyes to what he has in store for the future? Will we wallow in bitterness and anger in our present circumstances, or will we see hope for the future, that God is still in control? Will there be joy in our hearts even in the midst of our present difficulties? Jesus said to his disciples, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, Jesus is the one who came to earth to give us hope. He is the word made flesh. He is the light of the world. And it was natural for him as the light of the world to bring light to people who were in darkness. And he healed many blind people. But it it was his role also to make us be able to see spiritually as well so that we might have hope for the future. We're all blind. We're all in need of Jesus' touch upon our lives. It may be a physical or emotional need, but especially a spiritual need today. And one day, our healing will be complete on that day that the Lord restores all things. It is a promise, and I hope that you believe that promise today, that all things will be made new. It's in this little story of the healing of the blind man that we see the complete story of what Jesus has in store for all of us who need that spiritual sight and insight today. May you in these days to come allow your eyes to be open to all that God has in store for you. Amen.